What's up, world? This is your man, Nick Eden, and I am here with the talk of the town. I know you're going to dig this. Here with the talk of the town. Thank you to the hometown Martinette in Brooklyn, where Bobby Millett and his orchestra are offering a program of dance music. to the Middleman Present Talk of the Town with Nick Eden. I am your host, Nick Eden. I got my man, KG, rocking with me. What's happening, man? What's going on, player? Man, you know what? It is great to be back on Thursday nights live on Middleman Radio. It, man, I okay. missed it. Yeah, man, we're getting a lot of emails. Hey, man, we're enjoying the archive shows, and uh, we like what you guys are doing, but uh, come on back live. And this is live, ladies and gentlemen. It's live. It's just, just not get it twisted. It's live. It's live. Mm -hmm. It's not a joke. We are back. The middlemen are back. Five plus years going strong. Going on six years now. Mm Mm-hmm. Six years. Let me tell y'all something. Six years. Y'all don't understand. Y'all don't understand what it takes on the, the back end. See, I think a lot of people get it twisted. You know, they think that you know, just because somebody might not be on terrestrial radio that, you know, they're not working hard. No, sir. Six years, that's nothing easy to pull off. I know people who had top-rated morning shows on, on, on traditional radios that haven't been around for six years. Most definitely. So that's a feat. That's a feat. And you know what? It's not going unrecognized. Guys, we need all of your prayers right now. We are up for most slept on radio personality at the 2014 Southern Entertainment Awards. So please throw your prayers up for us. You know, we're going to try to bring that award back home to the Middleman mm-hmm. Talk Show. Man, I'm going to be there, up. man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to rock. I got me a brand new suit from Steve Harvey Collection. Not the one with all 50 <laughs> buttons. Not, no, no, no. Not the one with 50 buttons. I, I, I You know, I got... I only, I only got about 10. No, man, you ain't got the triple breast, so do you? No, 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 no. I can't, <laughs> I can't do that. You know, I I kind of slacked off from the gym uh, this month, so I'll be liable to pop one of them buttons and, and, and put Janeiro eye out. I don't want to do that. I like it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm talking about man. I, I can't talk, player. I can't talk. I'm trying to find something that's a little bit slimming. At this moment in time, but if you want to see us fresh to death, come on up there that Sunday and uh, chill with us at the SEAs, man. The tickets are only forty dollars. You just missed the uh, twenty-five dollar tickets. They have gone up in price. The hotel rooms are booked. Uh, from what I'm understanding, the hotel rooms are uh, they're sold out. 
Let me let me explain something to everybody here, because everybody thinks you know we we we're just coming off of award season. You know, we just recently had the the uh, the Image Awards and then the Grammy Awards, and Soul Train Awards last year, BT Hip Hop Awards, and people don't you know just a lot of people have thought you know just because something's not televised that it, you know it might not be anything. Let me explain something to you. Your favorite rappers and your favorite rappers rappers and your favorite singers and your favorite singer singers all have history with the Southern Entertainment Awards. Uh-huh. Believe that because I can name you several artists who got a BET award and a Southern Entertainment Award sitting on their mantle right now. Yep. So if you want to catch these guys, if you want to catch the guys like like the big crits of the world who, you know, Hey, they were at the Southern ENT Awards, and the next thing you know, they traveling all around the world. I'm telling you, it's something. It's something to see. It's a sight to see. And those hotels are sold out for a reason. Mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj. Exactly. The first year I went there, Nicki Minaj was there, and I didn't know who she was because she don't look the same, but she yeah, was there. Sure. So I say all that to say, you know, it's just it's a bit. I joke around, but it's a bigger issue, guys. Let let's you know let's stop only supporting the things that are kind of fed to us. And drones, you know, there there are other great venues out there. There are other great talk radio shows out there. There are other great music shows out there. And I'm not just talking about with the middleman. I mean, just just all across the board. There a lot of your more quality shows and, and, and more quality productions you're finding on the internet and among the independents. So just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. So um, yeah, this week, man. Yeah. This week, man. I, look, okay, let me explain something to y'all. I don't think people realize how um, happy I am right now. I'm happy because this past Sunday, uh, we had a, a, a phenomenal show this past Sunday, oh, a middle yeah. talk show. And um, at the end of the show, I told everybody, I said, hey, we are on the verge of Pharrell having a number one song on the Hot 100, which would have, would have been the first since two, December 2012 that a black artist reached number one on the Hot 100. We went through all of 2013 and no black artists. With all the albums that came out, no black artists were at the Hot 100 with the number one record. I am happy right. to say that as of Tuesday, Pharrell has the number one single in the country. Man, what? As Hold of up. this Hold past up. Tuesday, Pharrell has the number one single in the country. He is the first black artist to top the Hot 100 since Rihanna did in um December of 2012. So big shout out to Pharrell. Big shout out to everybody out there that's supporting good music. Yeah, congrats to Pharrell, man. And we got my man Allen. He just he he you know he had some chicken you know on, he had to wipe off the microphone but you know man. It just goes to show you like you have to think about it. We're talking about a black artist that's in his 40s. You know that's almost unheard of. A oh yeah, pop in his 40s, with the number one single in the country. That's something, man, look, look, I'm just saying. And it's been so much great music that's been released, uh, you know, within the last few months. Man, I didn't know that the Locks dropped an EP in December. Oh, yeah. yeah. They snuck that one in, man. Yeah, yeah, they pulled a Beyonce on it, just dropped it on them. I've been vibing to it the last few days. I was like, man, that's, they, they still got it. But see, mm-hmm. that that shows you that we are still checking for people, period. You know, they got the whole thing saying that the Internet, if it's not on the Internet, you ain't going to find out about it. But, you know, the way music used to be, man, you didn't have that much of a, a, a visual as far as being able to be seen and heard in that manner. Right. A lot of these guys don't have that opportunity because the labels are gone now. They ain't supporting them 
like they used to. We don't have music television channels. Uh, shout out to our archives. I'm on my MTV back. Uh, but <laughs> they don't have those modes anymore, and it's good to see the artists are still putting out stuff, still relevant, and we still can find out about it. So that's good. Oh, yeah. And, and speaking of putting out, uh, still putting out good music, um, I wanted to go ahead and give you guys the sales for the week. Uh, coming in at number one is the Frozen soundtrack, and the Frozen soundtrack is very important because that soundtrack was produced by Pharrell, and Happy was the lead single on that. So I am counting that as an urban release. It's the number one album this week, back on top of the charts. Um, Beyonce comes in at number five with her self-titled album with 33,000, inching towards 34,000. Right now she's at about the, I want to say the 2.1 million mark. Um, Lord, who everybody knows has the song Royal. We say, people are kind of on the fence about her being an urban artist, but let me say something. This girl is very much so influenced by R&B and hip-hop. And I, one thing I will say about her, unlike a lot of other artists that are, mm-hmm. you know, let's just say melanin deficient, mm-hmm. she actually gives it up that, hey, I was influenced by this artist and this artist and this artist. Like, she actually gives the props where they're due. So she comes in with uh, 29,000 copies. So Bruno Mars, he uh, heads at number eight. And um, I know I usually stop at the top ten, but Candace Glover, the first black American idol since Jordan Sparks, her debut album comes in at number 11. And Tony Braxton and Babyface come in at number 14. Y'all know this album is really important to me. They say that adult R&B doesn't sell anymore. They just hit over, I want to say, 130,000 copies and they're still going strong we're going to get that album to gold this is the highest um charting album in babyface's career oh really in terms of chart position not in terms of sales but in terms of chart position because it debuted at number four the highest he had was his album the day which came out in 1996 and that debuted at number six so this album is very important because we have a lot of artists out there who are kind of regulated to you know, hits and oldies, and, and, you know, they're told, well, you know, this doesn't sell anymore, and this doesn't sell. And I want to tell everybody out there, I don't want to start preaching because we've got a great show for you, but let's not discount our artists of the past. Let me explain something to you. When you look at those classic rock artists, like U2 still travels the world, and they still release albums, they still tour heavily, they still sell out arenas. You get what I'm saying? Like, we uh-huh. can't throw our urban artists away we can't say oh well because they don't talk to the kids anymore they're not relevant there is an audience out there that listens to adult hip-hop there is that audience out there that wants to hear what you know what jay-z has to say but even beyond jay-z they want to hear what someone like fonte from little brother has to say they want to hear what someone like killer mike has to say who i still say dropped the best rap album in the last five years when he dropped uh, Mm -hmm. rap music so I mean, it, there isn't a there is an audience for adult hip hop and adult R and B. We just as consumers, we have to show up for them. It's not on radio all the time. You got to go out and find it. But the good thing about going out and finding the music that you like, you can really and truly discover great new music every day. You're a hip hop head and you don't like what's on radio. Go to iTunes and put in Steel Mag, and I tell you, you gonna like what you hear. You get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like there. You just the the thing about it is for us who came up in the nineties, you know, we were served great music on a silver platter. It's not like that anymore. You gotta get out right. there and you gotta find it. But it's there. It's there. Yes it is. So um Yes it is. We spoil, but let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and the artists are independent now. You know, so you're not having to worry about an artist selling 
two or three million copies on a major label and they still in the red to the label. No, that that ten dollars in your pocket, that means more to them now than it ever has. Trust me, I know this. I know this from personal experience. Because as an artist, you can get out there and you can sell ten, twenty thousand copies and make more than you make selling two million on a major label. Which is mm-hmm. mind boggling to me. But it's the reality of it. So we have to support those artists. We have to support them. So I don't wanna I don't I don't wanna preach too long, but it does kind of bring in our our um our our, our subject for today. This letter, oh my goodness. Um mm. I don't know if any of our listeners have already read this letter, but um, this was actually, I actually caught wind of this by um, a friend of mine out of New York. He runs an a independent R&B label up there, and he was like, look, I want you to read this letter. Um, and a mutual friend of ours who works for Billboard posted it on Billboard, and right now it's really got the industry shook. I'm going to read the letter in its entirety, and then Kev, Al, and I are going to break this letter down. And the phone lines are open, so if at any time you want to talk about some of the things that are in this letter, we invite you to hit that number one. If you're listening to us online, go ahead and give us a call, 718-508-9972. All right. Dear Black Artist, we regret to inform you that the need for your services will soon come to an end as we enter a critical restructuring period. Fortunately, after having spent nearly a century, century meticulously studying your art, language, fashion, and lifestyle, we have learned enough to confidently move forward without your assistance. We thank you for your contributions but have decided to make some necessary changes as a result of your decreasing value. Focus groups show that consumers are looking for more relatable images. I'm going to say that sentence again. Focus groups show that consumers are looking for more relatable images. While 2013 marked the first time in Billboard's 55-year history that there were no black artists on the Hot 100 chart, this was a great year for us with Justin Timberlake, Robin Thicke, and Macklemore claiming the number one spot on the R&B hip-hop chart, proving that the market demands are shifting. Consequently, in the next few months, we will be gradually phasing out your positions as we finalize this reorganization. In the meantime, we ask you to continue with business as usual, training your replacements, Miley Cyrus, and Justin Bieber until instructed otherwise. Your severance package includes a lifetime supply of Air Jordans, unlimited access to reruns of Love & Hip Hop, a new 30-piece Tom Ford wardrobe, and the latest iPhone. Your medical coverage will be provided through Obamacare. We want you to know that your termination is in no way a statement about the quality of your work with us. As such, we would like to acknowledge your outstanding contributions to the industry over the past decades. In music, We'd like to thank Kendrick Lamar's thought-provoking body of work, which has opened the door for Macklemore, a shining example of what intelligent rap looks like. In business, Jay-Z's partnership with Samsung was historical, as a Korean mobile company paid the rapper a mere $5 million, and his company, Rock Nation, another $15 million, on a bargain deal relative to their standard annual $4 billion marketing budget and $220 billion net worth. In fashion... While Kanye West may may be experiencing difficulties in launching launching his own brand, his loyalty to European designers continues to add value to an already thriving industry that other other entertainers like Migos seem to enjoy promoting for free. In cinema, The Butler and 12 Years a Slave were Oscar-worthy gems, showcasing the strength and pride of a resilient people. 
We understand that this year you will continue the tradition of inspiring historical films with the May release of Bell and the History Channel's forthcoming reboot of the groundbreaking 70s television series, Roots. Your work did not go unnoticed as it has inspired us to produce new historical movies of our own depicting our rich heritage. Upcoming releases include Son of God, produced by reality TV pioneer Mark Burnett and starring Diago Morgado, Noah, starring Russell Crowe, Exodus, starring Christian Bale as Moses, Mary, Mother of Christ, starring 16-year-old Odea Rush. Just as your movies depict the struggles and achievements of your best and brightest, these powerful films are meant to inspire and remind us of our glorious past and divine lineage. In an attempt to capitalize on a recent trend in movies that focus on the triumphs of African-American experience, we have recently begun developing films with similar themes. Channing Tatum has just been cast as a lead in the Nat Turner story, while Scarlett Johansson is reportedly to have accepted the role of Harriet Tubman in a forthcoming biopic. Like Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino's Django Unchained, both movies promise to offer the perfect blend between shoot 'em up style action and social commentary, while boasting two smash hit soundtracks featuring Eminem, Katy Perry, and Kesha. Again, none of this could be accomplished without your unwavering commitment and dedication to our mission. We trust that your transition will be smooth and you and wish you continued success with your new journey into electronic dance. Uh. Now, let me say this. While this story, and this was originally posted on raprehab.com, while this letter is very satirical and it's meant to, you know, it, it's meant to, it's meant in jest, it really and truly has a lot of serious undertones that we are seeing right now. Right. We are seeing this right now. As I said earlier, Pharrell has the first number one single by a black artist since December of 2012. Robin Thicke had one. Justin Timberlake had a couple. Macklemore had a couple. So did Miley Cyrus and Justin Bieber and Katy Perry. And it's mighty funny that if you break down their music, it is very much so, very much so urban. Now, before we start breaking down this letter like this, I want to I want to hear what Kevin and Al got to say about this one. Even satirical, even a joke, or however you want to call it, man, it's Elvis twenty fourteen all over again. Um, even with movies and things of that nature, man. I think artists need to pay attention to what what this. I mean, like I said, even this is satirical, but artists need to really pay attention because the art form. I wouldn't say per se it's under attack, but it's under attack. Um, when you become lazy and and complacent in what you do, and and people love you, and and you just get so used to feel like you're winning and winning and winning, you know, you'll get laxed, and that's what our artists have become very laxed. Uh, especially our mainstream artists, and 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 if you look at it, like you said, we're conditioned as listeners to listen to certain things a certain way, and, and when you look at it, we don't even give give our music artists or art form a chance as in which we did maybe thirty years prior. But now, if you look around, that letter is so true, like you just said. Look at the top ten. Look at the top movies. Look at the top actors. I mean, dude, that's that's something to think about. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, it goes back to, um, you know, the early 90s, late 80s, you know, when we had, you know, our Fight the Power type movement music. 
We don't have that no more. And it's like they're laughing at us, man. It was like, you know, the whole situation about, I mean, even with the comment about the Migos and stuff like that, I mean, it's crazy. You know, um, I don't even, um, I recently uh, listened to the interview that Steve Stout did on uh, Power 105, and he was talking about how Macklemore um, made his comment via social media. How come he did it that way? How come he couldn't do it when he was up at the podium? Mm-hmm. You know, there's oh, no I got one for you. I got one for you, I, I, and I got I got to speak on this. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of people don't realize. They say they fell for the okie doke. You're not gonna fool me. Yeah. I, you you, you yeah. can't con a con man. Right. Macklemore said when he won, he was shocked. He was silent. He couldn't really make out his words. He couldn't say anything. Yeah, right. that may been that may have been his reaction on a televised portion. But for those of us who watch the Grammy stream, because see, most of the urban awards that are given out, they're not given out televised. But they do a pre-Grammy telecast where they give out the other awards streaming from the website. Macklemore accepted three awards mm-hmm. before TV even started rolling. So I'm not being funny. When you're sitting in your seat and you already have three Grammys, you're not that shocked. Nothing shocked about it. Nope, you're you're, you're not it. that shocked. And then... You reach out to Kendrick Lamar. Well, you say you reach out to Kendrick Lamar, but you post the text message on Twitter and Instagram. My issue with that is this. If that's how you sincerely felt, that text message would have stayed between you and Kendrick Lamar. Yep. See, let me yep. explain something to you. Let, let, yep. let me explain something to you about, about, about six years doing this show. And, and, you know, I'm being a little transparent about the middleman right now. Hell, we got times where we, we on each other's nerves. We don't want to talk to each other. we like, I got too right. much going on in my life. Right. I can't deal with it right now. This is what six years on radio will do to you. Right. But I'm not going to sit here and give a, and, and send a text message to Kev or Al or Jen. And, bec- and, and if I'm really feeling some type of way about it, I'm going to post it on social media? No. If that person is really your friend, like you say Kendrick Lamar is, then it's handled between you and Kendrick Lamar, and Uh that's it. That's it. You're not out there to impress everybody else. But, see, we give Macklemore all his shine. Oh, Macklemore was independent. And, see, I fell for the the hype, too. But at at the end of the day, I'm still a numbers guy. Y'all know I'm going to find out the real, whether whether people want to admit to it or not. What Macklemore did was nothing different than what any other artist is doing. Everybody is saying, oh, he was independent. No. Macklemore had what you call a shared services distribution deal with Alternative Distribution Alliance, which is a subsidiary of Warner Music Group. It is the independent Mm -hmm. arm of of Warner Music Group. So in Uh that shared services deal, he went in a certain amount. He had his funding. But a good majority of it, he still had Warner Brothers radio promotion team. He still had Warner Brothers sales team. He still had Warner Brothers distribution pipeline. It was far yep. from independent. Let me explain something to you. Master P was independent. Yep. Cash Money was independent. Yes, Macklemore made a business deal. Yep. 
And I'm not mad at him for it, but let's call a spade a spade. And when you look at it and when you look at what's going on with this, um, these charts, I'm not mad at Justin Timberlake because the one thing I can always say about Justin Timberlake is that no time has he ever shied away from the fact that people like Michael Jackson, Charlie Wilson, Boys to Men, New Edition, these were his influences going, coming mm-hmm. into music. He's yeah, never uh-huh. shied away from that, and that's why he always has my respect. And his album is good. Yep. Robin Thicke has even said himself, you know, the craziest thing about 2013 is that white people like me now. Because they weren't thinking about it. They weren't thinking about Robin Thicke before Blurred Lines. Some of them even know who Robin Thicke was. That is true. The only thing I don't like about it is the fact that, you know, and I don't want to take it to this left extreme, but they do still a lot of style and music. Like you say, Justin do show and speak upon his 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 influences. But a lot of them other guys, just like Robin Thicke, oh, I didn't steal for Marvin Gaye. Yes, you did, Conway Twitty. You did. <laughs> and a lot, of other, a lot of the other ones do the same thing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Ooh. But see, the thing about it is, Robin Thicke, he, he lightened himself up, and I, and I hate to say it like this. I don't want to call a race card on this, but let's call a spade a spade. He lightened himself up for this. He really did. He went with a sound that was a black sound, but it was very familiar mm-hmm. to white America. Mm-hmm. The Motown sound itself is very familiar to white America, particularly Marvin Gaye. Yep. Particularly Marvin Gaye. This was a very well-crafted, well-put-together. From a business standpoint, I give him all his props. Mark. Him and Star Trek yeah, and Interscope, from a business standpoint, bravo. But from a personal standpoint, you knew exactly what you were doing. And you knew yep. that you were going to do just enough. Because see, the thing about it is, if they had a real case of him sampling Marvin Gaye, it had been in court a long time before Blurred Lines hit number one. But what you did was, you made it just, sound just enough like it so that legally you're still protected, but everybody knows, and it was going to cause some controversy. But, you know, I want to ask this question. I want to ask this question. I mean, will will all the success of all these other artists from different races, man, will will that make our artists step up? Because, you know, even though this letter is, is satirical, but it is a reality to it, man. Real talk. It's a reality to it. And you look at our artists. And as I was saying earlier, I mean, they lazy. You know, I mean, when you look at cats putting out records now, man, it's like, man, come on. Like, like me, you, one of the conversations you and I had, Nick, was about um, artists putting out only sex-based records. That's all black yeah. artists doing now. I mean, dude, whatever happened to the writers that had experience that they can put into a record from struggling with my parents or struggling with life or, or something that would be relatable Sex is relatable to everybody, but it's not just the only relatable thing that they can do. But Are these hey, artists going to step up? Kev, this, this, this is the thing about it. This is the thing about it. It's not that black artists are being lazy. It's that the lazy ones have the bigger budgets. Let me, yeah. let, let's, let's be real. Okay. And somebody pointed this out to me last week. You take blurred lines or you take... Um, Suit and Tie by Justin Timberlake, uh-huh. and you throw it on Usher, and you tell me, you tell me that it wouldn't be just as big a hit. It would be as big as a hit, but Usher is doing electric dance music now. It's n- but it's not like they're doing anything 
differently. It's not like Robin Thicke's album is so much more exceptional than, you know, Kim or Ronald Isley. It's not like Justin Timberlake, as, as much as I love Justin Timberlake's album, it's not like his album is so much more great than, you know, the other albums that have come out. The difference is the budget. This is what you have to understand about it. Because this is where the label comes in. And I want to, I, I, I kind of want to throw a curveball in on this because it reminds right. me of another show and a meeting, a secret meeting that took place in the late 80s, early 90s that we've talked about before. Yeah. Because... To me, this letter is the culmination of that meeting. Right. Y'all know which meeting exactly. I'm talking about. Yep, exactly. Yep. We know. This, we know. this letter and the year 2013 was the culmination of that meeting. And I'm going to tie something else into it. A lot of people don't realize is that 2013 marked a very important year in the music business. 2013 marked, once again, a show that we called, on, called this on a long time ago, the Copyright Act of mm-hmm. 1978. 35 yep. years, in, in 1978, the Copyright Act was um, passed, and it said that 35 years um, after the date of the original contract, the rights would revert back to the, um, the, the original copyright owner, meaning the writer, right. the, the producer, the composer. Now, one thing you have not noticed and you did not see mm-hmm. a lot of last year were a lot of those reissues by Motown, Stax. See... They make their money on catalog releases. That's how labels make their money. They pay their little mm-hmm. license fee. They put out the best of Marvin Gaye every year. Right. Every year they do. You didn't see that last year because they didn't have the rights to just put it out like that. They had to go back and buy those rights from those individual songwriters. And you have people like Smokey Robinson that's holding them out. So they can't hold back right. on their new releases. So what am I going to put all into my new releases? I'm going to put it into the faces that mainstream media is more comfortable with. I'll throw you another curveball. Gamble and Huff just sold their entire catalog to Sony Music. Oh. So now Sony Music can reissue those records again and go right back to it. But you see, they're not buying all these issues. They're not going through all this to get all these artists. Like, there ain't nobody buying the Beach Boys catalog right now. Ain't nobody re-releasing that every year. Ain't, but you know one thing, don't need it's funny that you said it, and I, I mean, I don't mean to go left field with this again. Michael Jackson died. Guess who catalog gets opened up? The Beatles. Exactly. I just saw a Beatles commercial the other day, so they didn't bought that mess back and trying to put it, they even put it back out. When are they going to release a Beatles album like that? Here's the thing about it. A lot of people don't realize that Michael Jackson owned that catalog. Yep. Yep. A lot of people did not realize that. Michael Jackson owned that catalog. They have been yep. continuously... Eddie Levert of the OJ said something about a year and a half ago that has stuck with me since then. He said that R&B has always been the bastard of the music business. Yet they have Mm. continued to make it their driving sales force. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now that you don't have the majority of those those catalog releases, you have to release new music. Who are you releasing that new music by? You're releasing that new music... By white artists singing black music. Yep. <laughs> yep. And it's just and, and and this is not conspiracy theory. This is not racist. But there are two uh, there are two forms of music that are selling right now. That is country music, and that's just because country music mm-hmm. is white hot right now. Country music and R and B infused pop music, just not by the black artists. 
So this letter him. is very prevalent. And uh-huh. it's not just the music. It's not Movies. just the music. Let's Dude, talk about I just it. seen uh, a, a commercial for Son of God. I am not watching that crap. And for all my people out there that believe that, you know, what you believe and how you look or whatever the case may be, man, come on, dog. Right. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah. Well, let's not forget because they didn't put this in. Um, they didn't put this in the article. But let's not forget that Angelina Jolie has just been cast to play Cleopatra. Yeah, that is yeah, so sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is so sad. I don't even want to talk about this shit. All that, and you want to know what everybody is pissed off about? What what all this mainstream is pissed off about in terms of casting? They're pissed off that a black man, Michael B. Jordan, is going to be playing Johnny Torch. Yeah. Oh, super upset. All this, is, ba- that, all this bad casting awesome. of historical figures. And the one thing you get mad at is that a black man is playing the human torch. He's going to be on <laughs> fire most of the time. And yep, you're yep. mad <laughs> that a black man is playing giant, giant, the human torch. And guys, if you want to get oh in my this conversation, God. we welcome oh everybody's opinion. <laughs> we welcome everybody's opinion. So if you want to get in on this conversation, go ahead and give us a call, 718-508-9972. I want to I go a little further in the letter. Uh, and just okay. paraphrasing this part, in business, Jay-Z's partnership with Samsung was historical as a Korean mobile company paid the rapper a mere $5 million in his company, Rock Nation, another $15 million. This is a company, to all our listeners, that just like I, I read before, they have a $4 billion marketing budget per year. The net worth, not gross, the net worth of the company is $220 billion, with the exception of the Galaxy 4 and the Note 3 coming out last year. The only other item that was in the news in relation to Samsung was Jay-Z's partnership for his album, Uh the Magna Carta Holy Grail. And you got all of that for $20 million. Of your $4 billion marketing budget. Mm. Now, let's be honest. Mm. If that were Taylor mm. Swift, how much do you think they would have paid out to, uh, to uh, Universal? Ah, man, they would have they 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 upped that cheese up a whole lot. If that oh, yeah. would have been Madonna, how much do you think they would have paid out to Live Nation? But the Man, fact that they already know. We already know. That Jay-Z, who is arguably who is arguably still after all these years, you know, the one of the top three biggest artists in hip hop and, and and next to Diddy, one of the top urban businessmen in the country, in the world for that matter. And he was only worth twenty million. Now I can't fault them for lowballing. As a business owner, I get it because in, in business, it's not about what you deserve; it's about what you negotiate. Right. But you know, I mean, with Jay, man, Jay, Jay was—I mean, to us, it looks like he was savvy. You know, it looks like he—I um, mean, people, man, two billion, blah blah blah. But when you throw up that two billion, I mean, dude, you getting pennies on the dollar, and you know how many phones they sold. Because of that, 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, well, here's one. Let, let, let me let me give you just a, a a little bit of. It's not so much insider information because it's 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 out on the um it's out in the market now. One of my clients for the marketing company that I have, their sister company did a cigar deal with Jay Z for his own line of cigars. Now you want to talk about knowing your worth in. This situation with Jay-Z, I'm not going to talk about the money that he got to do this, nor am I going to talk about the money that he got for his appearance at the launch of his own cigar brand. Yeah, he got paid for his own appearance at his own cigar brand. But his cigars, which aren't even available in most places yet, are retailing for about $1,000 per. Wow. And they're selling. They better come with a humidor. They better come with uh, some special paper. Actually, they, they do. Come with a whole lot of stuff. No, no, no. But see, that's the thing about it. People like like cigar enthusiasts. They're like, okay, I get it. The brand that comes along with Jay Z, but you get so much that comes along with it. It's not just a cigar you're getting. Now, I will okay. say that. But I say that to say, if they're retailing the cigars that much, all I can say is they paid a chunk. When I tell you, they paid a chunk. Mm-hmm. They paid a chunk for Jay Z. Mm-hmm. Why would you lowball on the music? Why are we valuable everywhere else except for our music? I mean, we devalue it so much, man. You know, from and for those that are tuning in, man, we're talking about the letter that shook black music. And, um, you know, Nick, you can just let everybody know we got some new people listening. Uh, let them know what we're talking about. But, um, you know, when you when you lowball things, we give we're, we're the only we have the only genre of music that will give away albums like it ain't nothing. You can go on any hip hop site, you can go on any website that has urban music and download albums for free. I guarantee you, Rick Rose album is out there right now. Ain't even supposed to be out there, but it's out there. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So there's no value because I mean, like, when last time you heard of somebody bootlegging a country album? And you're like you said, country music yep. is white hot right now. That's the that's the genre that that's selling. It's probably gonna outpace R and B in a minute. But because because they, they demand it? they demand that you purchase their music. I'll give you like okay, and, and anybody who knows me, you guys know that I, I'm a fan of country music. I'm a fan of country music, and and never have shied away from that fact. Um, just the other day, there's this guy on on uh, Twitter, um, a country artist um, by the name of John Ollard. And uh, he followed me on Twitter. I followed him. I'm sorry, Jordan Ollard. He followed me on Twitter. I followed him back. And he sent me a, a, a link direct, you know, shortly after. Hey, thanks for following me. You know, check my new single out on YouTube. And here's the iTunes link. Without hesitation. He didn't say, here you go, go follow my mixtape. I'm an independent country singer trying to get out there. No. Here's my music. And here's the link. Go buy it. Buy my music. <laughs> buy it. Buy my music. It's worth it. I'm worth it. Now I didn't buy it because I didn't like the song. Right. But had I had you know, I, and, and the thing about it is, you is can it get the conditioning free. though? And huh? the letter speaks about the conditioning of the people. It's about it, it, but that's exactly it. We're conditioned that our stuff is of no value, and that we only we only have value. When we give something away for free, and we right. pay more for someone else's brand that is of less quality. Mm. Prime example. The next portion of the letter speaks about in fashion. 
While Kanye West may be experiencing difficulties in launching his own brand, his loyalty to European designers continues to add value to an already thriving industry that other entertainers like Migos seem to enjoy promoting for free. If you don't know who Migos is, if you've heard this song, Versace, 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 they say it like 55,000 times. If you heard that song, then that's who Migos is. Let's look at Kanye West, who from his very first appearance as an artist has been promoting these European brands and to the point that he branded himself the Louis Vuitton Don. Yeah. Now, in all that time, he didn't get one single check for them cats. And then the moment he tried to introduce his brand, he's been met with nothing but resistance since then. Yep. Basically yep. to say, and he was basically told, and he'll admit to this, he has on, on his interviews, his very crazy interviews, you know, he was told, you're a rapper. That's what you do. Let us do the clothes. Boxing that man in. But, but it goes back to this. We will um, put ourselves in a situation where we will be used via to be our image, our, vo- our voice, or uh, any mode of, of, of us that they can use to make money off of us, they're going to use it. And, and you know, I, I, I kind of understand what Kanye was going with some of his rants that he said. You know, he want to be the guy that they come to instead of him, but he's still using them as a vehicle to make his own stuff. I mean, dude, when you're making enough money, and, and pr- prime example is Ice Cube. When they came to Ice Cube about putting out Friday, he wanted to use somebody else's money, which that's the quote-unquote mode of making money, you know, use somebody else's money. But if you got enough money to put behind it, imagine the profit and the gain that you'll get back when you do put that money out there. Right. There is a reason that Master P still has more money than Ice Cube. True that. <laughs> There's a reason. Because Master P says, when I walk into your office, you're going to cut me that check. Mm-hmm. And I'm not giving up my rights in order for you to do. You're exactly right, Kev. Cube, now, Cube originally was going to put his money into Friday. The first Friday, for those who don't know, the the very first Friday movie cost $5 million to make total. We're talking about pre-production. We're talking mm-hmm. about post-production. We're talking about staffing. We're talking about everybody that was in that movie. Everybody was paid. Everybody was fed. They were flown around. They were put up. All that was $5 million. And he was going to put his own money into that. New Line Cinema said, no. Let us put the money into it. Let us put the money into it. You don't need to put your money. It's too big of a risk. You're not an established movie producer. We know how to do this. You got a great concept. You just sit back, write this movie, and enjoy the profits that come in. Q wouldn't have had to make another movie if he'd have put his own $5 million into Friday. Yep. And that's another reason, I keep coming back to this and people talk so bad about him. That's another reason I respect Tyler Perry so much. No, I'm not signing all my rights over to you. I'm going to shoot this. I'm going to take my money. I'm going to build my own movie lot. 
<laughs> and I'm not going to spend these X amount of millions of dollars for these hiked up prices in L.A. I'm going to do it in Atlanta. I'm going to build my own movie set. I'm going to shoot my movies there. You are going to pay me, and you're going to distribute my films. And I will still own all the rights to it. And Lionsgate said, you know what? No problem. No problem. And that's why Tyler Perry has more money than Ice Cube. And I don't want everybody to think that it's about making money, but it is about being smart. See, the thing about uh-huh. it is we're so, we're so into the status of, oh, I got my distribution deal with New Line Cinema. Or, oh, I just signed a record deal with Universal. What you're really saying is I've signed away all of my rights. Let me explain something to you, how this doesn't make sense in, in the general business. We got some pretty intelligent listeners. Let's say you open a coffee shop. Now, you put all your money, your hard work, your time, your patience. You spend time away from your family. You've done everything you could to put up this coffee shop. And you get your coffee shop and you get it in a good place, and people know that, hey, Al has a great quality coffee shop. I'm going there to get my coffee. And Starbucks sees all this. And Starbucks says, hey, you know what? You do great coffee. Why don't you let us buy you out? and just give you a position with the company. To work for y'all. To work for them. That is essentially how the record industry and the movie industry works. I'm going to work hard until somebody comes along and buys me out instead of me going ahead and establishing what I need to establish and build myself to the point to where when I finally do decide that, hey, I may want to be interested in selling to someone, that I'm... Ten times more than what you offered me the first time. Barry Gordy was independent with Motown for 30 years. All those classic Motown hits were all independent. He wouldn't even let the Recording Industry of Association of America come and audit his records. He gave his artists their gold albums when their albums sold over 500,000 copies. He, spray paint, he went out and spray-painted them records and presented them with their gold records. He let the industry do it for them. And now how is it that a man in 1954 could be so smart to do that? And today, we're just the biggest dummies on earth, and we've let them come and we've let them take our music. And now it's going to where R&B and hip-hop will soon be the way of jazz and blues. Because if you go to a jazz show right now, you ain't going to see a lot of us. No, none. You go to a blues show right now... You ain't going to see a lot of us. Mm-mm. Sooner or later, R&B and hip-hop music are going to become a niche genre. And they're not going to belong to us anymore. So yeah, it's man. one of those things where you have to really sit back and think, is this letter really supposed to be funny? Or is this really serious? Is it so outrageous and so buffoonish that it makes you actually listen? Let's talk about this severance package. Because this severance package is everything that we think life is about. Your severance package includes a lifetime supply of Air Jordans, unlimited access to reruns of Love and Hip Hop, a new 30-piece Tom Ford wardrobe, and the latest iPhone. Everything that we care about. And while some of those items do have black faces and black executive producers, they are not owned by black companies. I mean, this this letter, man, is timely because just like the other letter, 
um, dealing with hip hop, man, and this one right here dealing with with R&B, man, is timely because you know it, it's almost like a wake up call for artists to get back on their game, their A game. Because right now, if they continue in the manner in which they do, man, um, eventually, like you said, Nick, we will not see our African American artists in the top ten. Um, I mean, dude, you got to think about it. it. It's almost to the point where you know we listen to hip hop. We, we're comfortable with the faces that we saw, but now all of a sudden we're seeing different faces, which is nothing wrong with that because if you're, you're artistically good, you're artistically good. But when you look at our artists and how they're just constantly just, you know, falling further and further back, you know, we're pushing our older artists out the door, you know, and all of a sudden here we got you, Justin Timberlake, Macklemore's, you got these people just out in the forefront, you know, that, that whole retirement aspect falls into play too because – our artists don't own nothing. I guarantee you, Macklemore got some kind of side deal that he owns something of his. Jay, um, uh, Macklemore owns got, got all of the rights to his music. There you go. But do you think Lil Wayne owns everything of his? No. Absolutely not. You think Trey Songz own any of his stuff? Trey, oh, we okay, already know that. Let me explain something about Trey Songz. Let me explain something about Trey Songz. Trey Songz had. Three, I'm sorry, he had two albums out before Atlantic Records went back in and renegotiated his deal and made him sign a 360 deal before his third album came out. Mm-hmm. The one with, you know, uh, Invented Sex and, and Say I. Right. Right yeah. before that album was started, before the budget was even cut, he had to go back in and renegotiate his deal and signed a 360 deal. Now, you want to know how crazy this is? At the time, he switched managers. Kevin Lyles and anybody who, you know, anybody who is a, a, a follower of hip-hop, I don't have to tell you who Kevin Lyles is. Kevin Lyles was firmly cemented over in his position at Warner Music Group, but then he abruptly left Warner Music Group and started his management company, who was his first big client, Trey Songz. And he went back mm-hmm. in and renegotiated the 360 deal with Atlantic. Now, to some uh-huh. people, that's great business. But my thing is, you take a black artist, you take a black manager, and you go and you go back in and renegotiate their contract like they're a brand-new artist. Right. Mm. Like they're a brand-new artist. No, he doesn't own anything. He barely owns his name. I know. He probably don't own that. You know, and I'm not knocking deal. Trey Songz for what he did, because, I mean, let's be honest, that album was great for him, and he's had a great career since then. But at the end of it, what's going to be said, you know, 10, 20 years down the line? Right. What's going to be said? What will you have to show for? You're not going to get your masters back at the end of it. Nope. Unless you buy them out. And he ain't making that type of money. Right, especially now because he's back in the down period. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it's just it's it's one of those of right things now. where you have to you have to think about what what's more important to me. Is it this is it this instant fame? Is it the radio play? Let me explain something to you guys. Radio play radio can be bought. More often than not it is bought and the biggest records are bought. So I can tell you this right now. For those of you who think, oh, I can just put a hot song on radio and it can go, if you don't have at least $10,000, you're really not going to make it out of your region. Really, 20, man. Let's, let's, let's be real, 20. I, yeah, 20. 20 is the number. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to be starting yeah. between 20 and 30. You, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I was trying to soften a blow. Mm-mm. Yeah. 
But that that's the reality of it. But what you can do is you can get on iTunes. You can get on Amazon. I don't want to turn this into an independent music conversation. Right, but right, I will right. say this much. It's just like Kev says, own something. Because if you don't own something, you never will. Like, it's just it's one of those things. In cinema, The Butler and 12 Years a Slave were Oscar-worthy gems. I've said this before, and I'll say this time and time again. The only movies that they allow any rave reviews or any real coverage are, why is it that every year we got to play a slave or a butler or some form of the help? The last four years, every every groundbreaking movie that, that black cinema has made, you know, in terms of what mainstream America considers groundbreaking, has been about us in some sort of subservient role. We don't have to keep getting reminded that we were slaves. We know that. Well, we were enslaved, let, let's say that. We yeah. were enslaved. Oppressed. We were sharecroppers. We were butlers. Yeah. I get it. Oh, he played a great role in the butler. Okay. I ain't seen um, Forrest Whitaker play a bad role yet. If you're going to give him an Oscar, give him an Oscar for a rage in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Are you are you familiar with this story with Danny Glover? Um, where he has a movie about Haiti and then how they um, basically fought for their freedom and they Hollywood don't want to uh, they don't want to sponsor it. They don't want to put any money behind it because it doesn't have a quote-unquote white hero. One, it's a historical oh, fact. One, they don't... This is the thing about it. This is this is the thing about it. They want to erase slavery from their perspective as much as they can. Mm-hmm. So they put us in these movies, and, and you'll throw these little movies up, and you have Quentin Tarantino come, and he does Django. And I watched Django. Django was funny. It was very unrealistic. But see, when you come to a... They'll, they'll put the money behind an unrealistic slave movie. Right. Yeah. But when you talk about something that is a historical fact, the the fact that Haitian slaves fought for their freedom and overthrew the government and won, and won, they're not going to talk about that. They're not going to put the money behind that. Why? Because it reminds people. It reminds people our, our less, you know, our melanin deficient people that damn, we are weak. We have weaknesses. We didn't just see they like see people love to pride themselves. Let me let me explain something. People love to pride themselves on on what they've done for another person. Yeah. They they love to, to they 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 love to throw Abraham Lincoln at us. Oh, he freed the slaves. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he. Let's be real about it. Abraham Lincoln secured the border states that were leaning towards the Confederacy. That's what uh-huh. Abraham Lincoln did. And in his Emancipation yep. Proclamation that they try to give us the first five lines of instead of the entire thing, he said, if I could secure these border states and end the Civil War without releasing slaves, I would. But see, they don't want to hear a story about real triumph where a, where a people who were enslaved overcame that and fought and won their freedom. And it wasn't just handed to them by some, you know, just this wonderful jovial, you know, leader. I, I could go on for days about that. Yeah. I could. But you know, I, but, I, I mean, I agree with everything you said, man. We got a lot of new, we had a lot of new listeners on here. We got a lot of new listeners. Can you kind of let them, give them a brief of what we're talking about today and, and so they can understand what where we're going with this whole conversation. 
Okay, if you guys are just tuning in, we're talking about the letter that shook black music. And it was a satirical letter posted by rehab, uh, raprehab.com and later re, uh, reposted to billboard.com that basically outlines how, you know, in, in a almost sort of a severance letter uh, or a notice of termination, that black artists are no longer needed to do black music, that black artists are being replaced by the Miley Cyruses, the Justin Bieber's, the Justin Timberlake's, and the Robin Thicke's and Macklemore's of the world. And though it is a satirical letter, it is very much so real. It is very much so happening right now. This is very much so something that, you know, is going on in music, in fashion, in business, and in movies. And actually, I'm about to post, if you give me just a moment, for anybody on the line who is a part of our uh, Middleman Talk Show group, on Facebook, I'm actually posting the letter in its entirety on the wall as of right now. So you can read the letter in its entirety. But this really, and I don't want anybody to think this this show or the topic of the show is about a conspiracy theory against black music. No, these are facts that we're talking about. Uh-huh. These are facts that we're talking about. We're talking yeah. about the two, the presently the two most attacked genres on earth and it's not even so much about oh one is one is popular one isn't popular because rock music on the mainstream isn't as popular as it once was but rock music isn't under the attack like urban music is as you can see rock music which was once a purely black art form barely has anyone in it of color (laughs) matter of fact living color was the last rock group that i remember seeing and when Hmm. was the last time lenny kravitz dropped an album and so it, it, it's, it's just it's just one of those things where, and, and, and this is not, because we do have listeners who aren't black. We have listeners who are white. We have listeners who are Asian. And, and this is not a knock on anybody. I'm, I'm not knocking anyone in particular. I'm knocking the overall landscape of what's going on in urban music right now. It holds a very dear place in my heart. Many of you know I am an artist. Many of you know Al's an artist. Many of you don't know, but back in the day, KG was an artist. Oh, you ain't had to tell everybody that. (laughs) (laughs) But I say that to say this is something that's very near and dear to us because we try to, on this show, expose you to as much music as possible. You know, outside of it just being a purely musical show, we want to get, you know, we want you to know that there are alternatives to, to what's out there. If you think that the hottest records or the best records in the world are the ones that are being played on radio every day, I'm telling you right now, you're missing something. You're missing That's something. That's true. They're, and and they'll tell you, oh, there's no good R&B out. And, and I, we can go ahead and get ready to end the show on this. But let me explain something to you. Okay. It's the end. Tomorrow is the last day of February. And two months into this year, we've already gotten incredible albums from Ruben Studdard. Noel Gordine, Candace Glover, Tony Braxton, and Babyface, Algebra Blessed. I mean, Eric Roberson. I mean, it's so Liv Warfield. It's so much great music out there, and it will continue to be released. Expand your mind. Like I was saying at the beginning of the show, The Locks just dropped an EP in December. Yep. There's great music out there. But the funny thing about The Locks, man, um, a question was asked of The Locks. Will they sign another deal? Styles P said, well, well, Styles P said that he didn't want to, but Jadakiss said that he wants to. 
because, you know, he don't want to do all the work. Oh, you're talking about uh, the, Breakfast Club. I saw that, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, yeah I, Jason uh, doesn't want to do all the work, but right. in, in, in the grand scheme of it, if you look at it, Styles has had more albums out than Jada. Mm-hmm. Styles, Styles P stays working. And Styles yeah. P, he go, it goes back to, to, to what Kev was saying about ownership. Styles P licenses his album to E1. But Styles P, but he owns that music. He owns, owns his it, masters. Yeah. He, you know, mm-hmm. he he's ventured into other businesses. He's got a juice shop in New York that, yep. you know, from my understanding, is doing very well. It's it's a constant thing about ownership, and he's doing better than uh, financially than a whole bunch of these cats that's out here on mm-hmm. Washington Park right now. And that release, for those who don't know, the the, the EP that they put out that was through TuneCore. Wow. Yeah. And if you don't know yeah, who TuneCore is, TuneCore is a digital aggregator. I would I would suggest every artist who's looking to put music out, at least look at TuneCore as an option of putting your music out there. Yep. Because they can put you on that same digital shelf space with the Jay-Zs and the Justin Timberlakes and all these guys of the world. Yep. Um, I want to thank everybody who tuned in to us tonight. Um, this was the first uh, Talk of the Town live with, with all three of us. Ooh, I missed the show. I missed it. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. I, I, I missed this. I was going back and I was listening to the archives, but boy, I, I, I missed us being live. I encourage you guys to head over to the Middlemen um, Talk Show Facebook page. Join if you haven't already joined us, and and read the letter. R- really read the letter. Yes. And in about in about five minutes, go back and listen to this show again. I mean, if you don't want to read it right now, if you just want to, you know, drop it drop it into your. Uh, your iPod and and put it up to your ears. I read the letter in its entirety at the beginning of the show. So it, it, okay. it, 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 it's something, especially for those artists out there. This is something for you to listen to. We have an opportunity right now. I feel like, and um, this is just my personal opinion, within the next four to five years, let's say around 2019, the music business is going to have a firm grip on this whole digital medium thing. Right now is the time that you can really make a difference. Think about how many difference makers have been made in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. 10 years ago, iTunes was up. Think about the changes in the music business in the last two years. Spotify wasn't around three years ago. And now it's one of the biggest platforms to listen to music. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe... Your t- maybe your talent in the music business may not be to be an artist. Maybe you need to be one of the people that's behind the scenes that changes the perception that this letter puts out. There's still hope for black music out there. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all jessied out. I, I feel like I've been Jesse Jackson tonight. Uh, Al, what you got coming up this week, man? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm possibly going to be doing some more videos this uh, coming weekend and stuff like that, so... Um, if anybody is in need of a video of any sort, please hit me up at dmiddlemanfilms at gmail.com. Serious inquiries only. And, guys, this is not just, we're not just talking about music videos here. We're talking about commercials. We're talking about, yeah. you know, EPKs, you know, um, live shows. He, 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 he does everything. And we're talking about the editing as well. So, you know, even if you're just doing a commercial or if you know a local business that's looking to do some television advertising, go ahead and hit Al up. All that. These videos crack. All that. Yeah. KG? All that. What's going on, man? Yeah, well, 
we're going to be uh, we're plotting um, our entry into the Southern Entertainment Awards coming up next month on the 28th through the uh, 30th. So uh, if you guys down there in Tuna Command, make sure you come out and holler at your people. You'll see us about out and about. Um, man, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, we're going to be uh, preparing for this show coming up this Sunday. Um, the topic will be announced um, tomorrow or either early Saturday morning. So we want to make sure you guys know that we do have a show coming up this Sunday. It will be live. It will be entertaining. Last week, make sure you go back and listen to our archive, uh, The Hunt. You know, we're talking about relationships. You know, our women out there hunting the men now. So make sure you go back and uh, check that one out because not only do we have this talk of the town, talking about our entertainment field, hey, we got that show on Sunday, man, very powerful. So you make sure you guys go out and tune in, tune up and download and share it and do whatever you need to do, man, to get with us. But uh, we're getting ready for these shows, man, and uh, I'm glad it's going to be warm and I'm barbecuing, baby. There you go. You know what? We need to reach back out to Carl Thomas. He's supposed to come and challenge you on that grill. He's been dusting and dodging. Carl Thomas don't want to see me, I'm telling you. <laughs> you guys go back and listen to that show. That was a very, very entertaining show. <laughs> and talk yeah. to town with, with Carl Thomas. That was that that was, that was pretty hilarious. But that challenge has been out there for a while, and he's been ducking and dodging. He's been to Atlanta, I know, at least once. He's been ducking yeah. and dodging, though. Um, as for me, fellas, you know, uh, the rest of the week, I... Uh, I got a, a, you know, traveling season starts back up for me um, next week. So, uh, you know, I'll be hitting, heading out on the road. Also doing a little bit of writing, man. You know, I um, I actually, um, I, I don't want to cow the bag too early on it, but I'm working on a documentary right now of okay. independent labels. And um, that's all I'm going to say about it right now. I can give you the guy, I can give you guys the details a little bit later. And, you know, we will, of course, we're going to talk about it offline. But just look out for that. It's going to be a very interesting documentary. I think those aspiring to be in the music business, particularly on the business side, particularly on the business side, you're going to be interested in this documentary. And I'm working on my, uh, I'm working on a new EP that I'm going to be releasing in April called From Nick Eden with Love and then uh, the album in the fall. Hey, you know, I want to give a shout-out to our man, Flex. You know, he did the Dirty States of America. Also, our guy, Colton Wade, man, he uh, he's about to release uh, the Southern Takeover, man. It's going to be the Takeover. And uh, it's a documentary that they did on the South also, man, and I think it's going to be very interesting. Um, I'm going to see. I think I post that link up on Facebook. I'm going to post it up in the Middleman Talk Show Facebook uh, page. So, y'all, man, be support our stuff, man. You know, like Nick said, if a country singer can go up and say, buy my music, why you can't say buy my music or buy my, my film, my documentary? Spend a couple of dollars with me. As long as I make some kind of leeway with that with you and you like it and you enjoy it, I got a uh, good product, spend that money with me because I'll do the same with you. Buying somebody single, you can go without your coffee from McDonald's for one morning. Yep. Coffee from McDonald's is $1. six, but a song <laughs> that's 99 cents on iTunes can last you a lifetime. I got something for that, but I ain't going to speak this one up right now, man. But, Al, we got to talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, man. All right, let's go ahead and get that outro, dog. All right. Here we go. Yeah. Spell yeah. five. Middle men. Yeah. Spell five. Oh. Follow me at Spell five on Twitter. Yeah. Uh. It's the talk of the town, man. It's so ill. We talking real news in the music business here. Take your opinion in the chat or you can call in. Hey, they be going in. Hey, they be going in. On them cats in the industry. No one 
Make sure y'all tune in this Sunday, 6 p.m. I, I don't think we told them the time or nothing. 6 p.m. Eastern. My God. 5 p.m. Central. Man, it's yeah. the same time yeah. as usual. Same time as usual. Ain't nothing changed. But the topics. Well, we got, we got new people out there, man. Stop playing it out. Same time as usual. If y'all don't tune in. 5 p.m. Central. If you don't tune in. If you don't tune in, it's going to happen to you. 4 p.m. Mountain Time. Put the motherfucker face! 10 p.m. over in Europe. Come on, man. We got listeners in Europe. I know that. I'm just saying. At least Wayne in Italy. And Italy. Yes. Yes. I'm just saying, you know. Mm -hmm. Flaws for us. Yes. Go down. All right, we gone now. This time for real. Bye. Peace out. Get out of the office, man. Close the door. Bye. I'm out, man.